The Old Testament reading for this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning in the 64th chapter at the first verse. You've heard these words before. Please listen to them once again. Isaiah wrote, Oh, that you would rip open the heavens and descend, make the mountains shudder at your presence, as when a forest catches fire, as when a fire makes a pot to boil, to shock your enemies into facing you, make the nations shake in their boots. You did terrible things we never expected, descended and made the mountains shudder at your presence. Since before time began, no one has ever imagined, no ear heard, no eye seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who happily do what is right, who keep a good memory of the way that you work. But how angry you've been with us. We've sinned and kept at it so long. Is there any hope for us? Can we be saved? We're all sin-infected, sin-contaminated. Our best efforts are grease-stained rags. We dry up like autumn leaves, sin-dried. We're blown off by the wind. No one prays to you or makes the effort to reach out to you because you've turned away from us, left us to stew in our sins. Still, God, you are our Father. We're the clay and you're our potter. All of us are what you made us. Don't be too angry with us, O oh God. Don't keep a permanent account of wrongdoing. Keep in mind, please, we are your people, all of us. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? In the advent of seasons, when the past has fled unasked away, and there is nothing left to do but wait, God shelter us. Be our surrounding darkness. Be fertile soil out of which hope springs in due time. In uncertain times, Help us to greet the dawn and labor on, love on, in faith awaiting your purpose, hid in you, waiting to be born in due time. Open our minds, our ears, our hearts to your word for us this day. Amen. One day, Farmer Jones was in town picking up supplies for his farm. And he stopped by the hardware store and he picked up a bucket and an anvil. And then he stopped by the livestock dealer to buy a couple of chickens and a goose. However, he now had a problem, how to carry all of his purchases home. Well, the livestock dealer said, well, why don't you put the anvil in the bucket, carry the bucket in one hand, put a chicken under each arm, and carry the goose in your other hand? Hey, thanks, the farmer said, and off he went. Now, while walking, he met a little old lady who told him that she was lost. 
She asked, can you help me, can you tell me how to get to 1520 Mockingbird Lane? And the farmer said, well, as a matter of fact, I live at 1515 Mockingbird Lane. Let's take my shortcut and go down this alley. We'll be there in no time. Well, the little old lady said, well, I am a lonely widow without a husband to defend me. How do I know that when we get into the alley, you won't take advantage of me? And the farmer said, come on, lady. I'm carrying a bucket, an anvil, two chickens, and a goose. How could I possibly do that? Little old lady said, set the goose down, cover him with the bucket, put the anvil on top of the bucket, and I'll hold the chickens. <laughs> you know, so many of us enter Advent with our hands already full, looking to find a way through expectant, hopeful, but loaded down in so many ways just the same. And Isaiah breaks into our space and he reminds us of the good old days. The good old days. I remember when. You know, back in the day, when I was your age, it's a longing for different times, the good old days. We know that they're often improved in our memories, how we love the good old days. Why aren't things like they used to be? What happened to the good old days? And Isaiah sings into the absence of the good old days, the glory days, in Isaiah's time, they're long gone. The northern kingdom of a divided Israel has been taken into captivity. The southern kingdom of Judah was right in the middle of rival international powers, very similar to our present time. Israel is currently squished between powers that desperately want to see Israel disappear. Judah longed for its days of power. David and Solomon, they were distant memories, names in the history books like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And Isaiah looks back on the good old days. God had done many wonderful things. He writes, you did terrible things we never expected. You de descended and made the mountains shudder at your presence. There was Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, David, and Solomon. God had intervened at Mount Moriah, at Sinai, the Passover, the Red Sea, Jericho, and with Goliath. These were now faded memories. And Isaiah really wanted God to demonstrate that kind of power once again. He wanted the heavens to split open. He wanted an earthquake. Why wasn't God intervening like God used to? Why wasn't there another Mount Sinai experience or another Red Sea crossing? Where was another Moses or David? Where were the good old days? And Isaiah, he thought he really did understand the absence of God. 
He states that since before time began, no one has ever imagined nor ear heard nor eye seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who keep a good memory of the way you work, but we've sinned. And we've kept at it for so long. Is there any hope for us? Can we be saved? They were going through the motions, but there was no heart in it. No commitment, no expectations. And we fall into this mode. We go through the motions of our faith. And we wonder why we still feel God's absence. God wants our hearts. Isaiah says the real problem is that no one prays to you or makes the effort to reach out to you. No one bothers to seek God's will. No one was praying. No one was trying to reach God. And sin is separation from God, and sin had driven a wedge between God and God's people. And Isaiah wondered if this time the people might have gone too far. How can we be saved? And Isaiah says, God, you're our father, we're clay, you're our potter, we're what you made us, but the people were broken. And Isaiah envisioned an opportunity to mold something new. And I really think that this is our hope as we enter Advent. God has dramatically intervened at several points in history. There was Noah, Mount Sinai, Red Sea Crossing, Battle of Jericho, many others. And God intervened later also, Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, Esther, and of course the biggest of all, sending Jesus. And I believe that what we really celebrate in this season is the insertion of God into human history. Isaiah pleaded for God to rend the heavens and come down, cause the earth to quake. And on that night in Bethlehem long ago, the heavens opened. And the gentle cry of a newborn became the sound of hope to a lost people. So I ask you, can you identify with Isaiah today? Are you longing for the good old days as we enter another church year? Do you remember times in your life when God rocked your world? Do you long for days when God just felt incredibly real to you? You know, Advent ultimately is an encounter with a time that is deeper than our time. It is the discovery of a deep longing a longing kind of like what God's wait for us must be like. It's an experience down deep, down beyond our own experience. 
where waiting patiently allows time for a hole to be filled with pure grace. And this year, I encourage you to come to understand that all of this is incredibly risky business. And I ask that you perhaps dare to take a risk on God. Take the same kind of risk that God has taken on you. We have children in our midst today. I'm here to tell you, they are still God's best idea for the hope of changing our world, of making it a better place for everyone. Advent is the story of the constant gift of new life and endless possibilities. It is pure grace, gentleness, love all around. To God be the glory. Amen.